0: Scotland Yard detective who arrested them was called Moonraker. I especially liked that one thing I noticed early on was that Americans who had written about the Cohens offered little information about their later work as the Krogers in England, and British writers who wrote about the Krogers seemed to care little about their previous incarnations as Americans. Thus, in this book, I have tried to bring together a narrative history of the Cohens' two lives on both sides of the Atlantic. Equally, I've described how police and security agents in the United States, Canada, and Britain systematically tracked down the Coens, clue by clue. Writers often concentrate on the political ideology of spy cases and ignore the work of the spy catchers, but in a chase, I think the role of the hound is just as thrilling as that of the hare. In the course of my research, I learned a lot about spying, about the Spanish Civil War, the two world wars and some truly fascinating characters I would like to have had a drink with. At times, the well ran dry. Other times, there was a flood. That's why I like research. But most of all, I like the writing. I don't agree with what the Cohens did, but I do think they led intriguing lives. I've always believed that contradictions in character are the things that make people interesting. You'll find plenty of those here. Introduction THE LONG TWILIGHT STRUGGLE Imagine that a trusted colleague bursts into your living room one steamy afternoon and informs you that you must give up the life you now enjoy, not to die, at least not in the foreseeable future, but to immediately abandon everything and disappear. You refuse. This is your hometown. You have a job and a comfortable apartment in a quiet neighborhood, You have favorite cafes, parks, theaters, sports teams. You have your books, your clothes, your favorite records and photographs. A lifetime of memories here. Most of all, you have your family and friends. But here's the problem. You and your wife consider yourselves as American as football and fried chicken, yet you have spent most of your adult lives stealing American military secrets for the Soviet Union— That makes you both spies of the first order. Not killers or saboteurs, but thieves and good ones. You've never been arrested or even suspected of doing anything illegal. But now your amazing run of luck has ended. Your fellow agents are being rounded up. Your apartment might be bugged, so your friend, who's also one of your Soviet control officers, issues orders to you by writing notes which your wife then burns in the bathroom. He tells you that your building might be watched, so when you and your wife leave, you must carry nothing but your wallets in your pockets and the clothes on your backs. You'll never be able to see your friends and families again, or even contact them by letter or telephone. You'll board a succession of trains and buses to get clean of surveillance, and eventually you'll land in Mexico City, at least for a while. Beyond that, you have no idea where you will end up. You can't seek refuge in Russia. You're Jewish, and the Soviet Union is run by a megalomaniac who's on another one of his witch hunts for Jewish traitors. But you have no choice. Here in New York City, federal agents are in your neighborhood right now knocking on doors. The bottom line, you and your wife spied against your own country in wartime. So did your associates, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, the well-fed, idealistic, working-class, Lower East Side couple dedicated to communism and to spying for Mother Russia. The Rosenbergs have just been arrested, and the prosecutor says he'll ask for the death penalty. Do you want to face the same fate? So go now, leave the lights on, walk out, don't look back. That was how Morris and Lona Cohen were forced to flee the United States in 1950 as the Rosenberg spy ring was being rolled up by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Cohens were a New York couple who ran a North American spy network that in 1945 was the first to deliver a complete diagram and description of the Allied atomic bomb to the Russians. That made them members of a select society of spies, the creme de la creme of espionage. They continued spying for the Soviets into the 60s, through some of the most turbulent decades in espionage history. The Soviets gave the Rosenbergs money and ordered them to leave the United States just before they were formally charged. They took